0: This is the conference operator. Welcome to the Torix Gold Resources, Inc. first quarter 2021 results conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Dan Rollins, Vice President, Corporate Development and Investor Relations. Please go ahead, Mr. Rollins.
1: Thank you, operator, and good morning, everyone. On behalf of the Torx team, welcome to our first quarter 2021 conference call. Before we begin, I wish to inform listeners that a presentation accompanying today's conference call can be ac- accessed under the Upcoming Events subsection within the Investor section of our website at www. A copy of the presentation can also be found on the website under the investors' presentations. I'd also like to note that certain statements to be made today by the management team may contain forward-looking information. As such, please refer to the detailed cautionary notes on page 2 of today's presentation, as well as those included in the Q1 2021 MD&A. On the call today, we have Jody Kazanko, President and CEO as well as Andrew Snowden, CFO. Following the presentation, Jody and Andrew will be available for the question and answer period. This conference call is being webcast and will be available for replay on our website. This morning's press release and the accompanying financial statements in MD&A are posted on our website and have been filed on CDAR. Also, please note that all amounts mentioned in the call today are in US dollars unless otherwise stated. I'll now turn the call over to Jody.
2: Thank you, Dan, and good morning to all on the line. Welcome to the Torex Gold Q1 results call. As was started last quarter, we will again be using a slide deck to step you through the key highlights of the quarter. This deck and all related disclosure has been posted to our new website. Launched just this week, it has a new look, it's user friendly, it's investor friendly, and I would encourage all of you to visit it. In terms of the agenda for the call, I will provide a brief reminder of the strategic plan we are working to Then I will step you through the key business and operational highlights for the quarter. I will spend some extra time on ESG this quarter, given that we just released our annual Responsible Gold Mining Report. Then over to Andrew Snowden for some detail on the financials. And after that, I will provide a progress update on our Critical Path projects and close with some commentary relating to our most recent news about the ongoing board refresh. Dan mentioned the safe harbor language, so I'll take you right through to slide four. This slide sets out the five pillars of our strategic plan, and it hasn't changed. I won't take you through the pillars individually. We keep it in here to provide the context for the quarterly updates as against the plan. Beyond steady state progress against all pillars, we issued a number of press releases in the quarter about various milestones achieved. On optimizing and extending ELG, there are two updates of note. One, we published the updated ELG MRMR in quarter one, showing the expected depletion of the pits, but importantly, showing a 15% increase in underground reserves over 2019. And as we drive to conclusion on our pushback analysis at Elliman Pit, we expect to put out three-year guidance mid-year. On de and advanced Luna, we obtained our MIA modification permit in the quarter, enabling us to start on south side infrastructure and prepare to collar the portal over the summer. On ESG excellence, we announced our solar plant, we released our responsible gold mining report and continued with our board refresh. And finally, on valuation, we further strengthened the balance sheet as we paid down the last of our debt and renegotiated our credit facility. With our total available liquidity at quarter end standing at just over $320 million, we're exactly where we wanna be. In sum, we're making meaningful progress against all facets of the strategic plan. Now this next slide sets out key financial and operational highlights. We've had a strong start to the year and are tracking well to deliver on full year production and cost guidance. Production at 129,000 ounces is the best ever first quarter of production on record And you can see on the bar chart on the slide, the Q1 2020 achievement versus where we landed in Q1 of 2021. More than a 15% improvement year on year. These production results were primarily driven by grade mined, coming in at 3.4 grams per ton, and then applying our blending strategy to get processed grade up to 3.97 grams per ton. This grade offset lower throughput at the plant. The lower throughput was driven by both extended planned maintenance and unplanned maintenance, particularly in January where we took a two-block shutdown. As the year progresses, we expect a grade to normalize closer to reserve levels, so you can expect us to transition to that targeted 40,000 ounce per month production rate. I will leave the details of TCC, ASIC, and Financial Met
0: Pardon the interruption, this is the operator. We seem to have lost the presenters. Please stay on the line as we attempt to get them back on the line. Thank you.
3: Please stay on the line. The call will be beginning shortly. Thank you for your patience. The call will be resuming shortly. Thank you for your
0: patience. The speakers are back online. Please proceed.
2: Thank you, Anastasia. We've had some technical difficulties there, but at Torx, we're nothing if not agile. 16 months into a pandemic, I'm sure we can uh, press on here with some technical difficulties on the phone line. Um, I'll pick up on slide five, uh, not being sure where I dropped off, with the key financial and operational highlights. We've had a strong start to the year and are tracking well to deliver on full-year production and cost guidance. Production at 129,000 ounces is the best ever first quarter of production on record. You can see on the bar chart, the Q1 2020 achievement versus where we landed in Q1 of 2021, more than a 15% improvement year on year. These production results were primarily driven by grade mined coming in at 3.4 grams per ton, and then applying our blending strategy to blend up to 3.97 grams per ton for head grade to the mill. This grade offset lower throughput at the plant. That lower throughput was driven by both extended planned maintenance and unplanned maintenance, particularly in January, where we took a two-block shutdown. As the year progresses, we expect grades to normalize closer to reserve levels, so you can expect us to transition to that targeted 40,000 ounces per month production range. I will leave the details of total cash costs and ASIC and financial metrics to Andrew, but Will points out that our balance sheet is in excellent shape. For our plan, we're now debt-free and cashing up ahead of Luna, closing the quarter with $172 million in the bank. These next two slides are on ESG as it remains a key area of focus for the company, continuing our excellent work on the ground and working on our disclosure to improve our rating. Three specific attention points on this slide. One, COVID continues to be an issue in Mexico with case counts and death counts still on the rise and vaccination distribution progressing slowly. Our strategy of multiple layers of controls, including aggressively screening for symptoms prior to site arrival, hasn't kept our site COVID free, but it has enabled uninterrupted operation. Two, our excellence in safety continues with no lost time injuries in the quarter. And thirdly, we've landed on two external standards against which we will assess our performance on key ESG risks. Those are noted in the bottom right-hand quadrant of the slide. The World Gold Council's responsible gold mining principles, we're in the self-assessment phase on those now, and we became signatories to the International Cyanide Management Code. We're partway through executing our plan to achieve full compliance. And on the issue of enhanced ESG disclosure, just this week, we released our 2020 Responsible Gold Mining Report. It's posted on our new website, where we have a dedicated ESG reporting portal. Some of the key highlights are noted on this slide. I won't take you through all the numbers and stats, but thematically, there are four key areas I'd like to point out. One is a clear commitment to Mexico and its people with a substantial contribution to the economy. Our employee base is largely Mexican nationals. We have fair compensation and bonus payments, and our procurement policies direct spend in-country where it is feasible to do so. Our local community re- relations continue to thrive with our investment in community infrastructure and development ag- agreements called cops renewed for 2021. Our relationships with our union continues to be excellent with the workforce having exercised its new right to vote for the first time in Mexican history. They voted to ratify the two-year collective bargaining agreement that was negotiated at the end of 2020. And finally, the report also spotlights our ongoing commitment to mine responsibly as it relates to the natural environment. This is evidenced by our biodiversity offsets and carbon reduction plan with the execution of the agreement to install an 8.5 meg solar plant. I'll take you now to slide nine, which sets out some detail on our operational performance. We plan to show these metrics every quarter. I think the overriding theme here is the consistency and stability of the operation. I opened with a summary of Q1 production. We're on pace to achieve guidance with strong grades, helping to offset slightly lower throughput from the plant quarter over quarter. I should also point out that we achieved two production-related records in the quarter, one, the underground team continues to show what the combined sub and ELD is capable of, delivering just over 1,300 tons per day. And two, after a difficult shutdown in January, the process plant recovered with a very strong march, setting a milling record at 13,810 tons per day and 97% uptime, which is world class. While it's not realistic to sustain this level every month, given the needs to do planned maintenance, both records are, in my view, indicative of the overall capability of the asset. And you can see in the bottom right quadrant of this slide that our operating and unit cost performance coupled with a strong gold price resulted in a robust ASIC margin of 52% during the quarter. This next slide is about unit costs. It's another one you'll see every quarter. The team is working hard to contain costs across the board with a view to maintaining margins and offsetting inflationary pressures and COVID pressures. Two items of note on this slide. One, processing costs were up this quarter over last year for two reasons. The increased presence of soluble iron in the feed, which is a key consumer of cyanide. And this was exacerbated in the quarter by a temporary suspension of oxygen deliveries through January and February, following a government mandate that all oxygen be diverted towards medical needs given the pickup of COVID cases post the holiday season. I'm pleased to say that our procurement team has found alternative sources of supply and oxygen deliveries resumed in March. The other item worthy of note on this slide is that last bar, PTU, or our Mexican Legislative Bonus, is up over full year 2020, driven by higher profitability during the quarter. I'll now turn the call over to Andrew for a review of financial performance.
4: Perfect. Thank you, Jody, and good morning, everyone. Um, Back in February, I was discussing the great end to 2020 we had, and and now I'm here again walking you through another solid financial quarter with our Q1 results. As you can see from slide 12, we generated over $230 million of revenue this quarter, driven by our record Q1 production of 129,000 ounces to a realized price of $1,778 an ounce. This performance delivered $153 million of EBITDA, as you can see on the, uh, the, the top segment on this, uh, on this chart. Another strong quarterly performance, but slightly down on the levels we saw in the second half of 2020 due to softening in the gold price, partly offset by higher capitalized stripping this quarter. Just on that last point, in the quarter, we capitalized around $18 million of stripping. This is up from $16 million in Q4. The stripping we have seen in these past couple of quarters has been higher than average levels as we've been preparing two new sub-pits in Guajas for mining in 2021. As a lot of this work has now been done, I expect capitalized stripping to decline now through the balance of the year, and our TCC and ASIC guidance for the year are still good numbers. As I flagged on our year-end earnings call, this strong EBITDA performance doesn't flow all the way through to cash flow, as we we paid the disproportionate amount of taxes and royalties in Q1. I'll talk about that more on, on later slides. Moving now to slide 13, you can see here our cash balance decreased by $34 million during the quarter, and this is due to three key factors, taxes, capital, and debt. Firstly, on taxes, you can see we spent $66 million in the quarter on taxes. This includes $30 million for the 7.5% mining tax related to the 2020 year, 10 million as a final true-up income tax payment following the filing of our 2020 tax return during the quarter, and finally 26 million in tax installments for 2021. These tax installments are paid monthly and I expect to average about 7 to $8 million a month through the year. The installments were a little higher than that this quarter and that was due to the strong financial performance. Secondly on capital we invested 29 million dollars in non-sustaining capital during the quarter primarily related to media lunar as we advanced the Guaas Tunnel, undertook media lunar infill drilling and and advanced the feasibility study through the quarter. We also spent 26 million dollars in sustaining capital which primarily represents the $18 of capitalized stripping I referenced earlier. And thirdly, on debt, we paid off the final $40 million outstanding on a debt facility in the quarter, and are now debt-free. And I'll spend a bit more time talking about our balance sheet on the upcoming slide. I do also want to point out that one of the drivers behind the negative working capital change that you see on this slide in Q1 is the increase we saw in our VAT receivable through the quarter. I don't have any concerns with collections here. We're just working through some standard administrative processes with the Mexican tax authorities, which uh, current COVID measures across the country don't help with and expect collections to start flowing again in July, if not before. Turning now to slide 14, the big takeaway here is just the strength of our balance sheet. Zero debt and $150 million of availability on our new flexible revolving credit facility provides us with 322 million of available liquidity at the end of the quarter. A comfortable place to be with the Media Luna build ahead of us. As you know, we have, we have a few key decisions to make on Media Luna over the next few months. Well, once we have line of sight on the quantum and timing of that capital, we will be in a position to, t- to determine the right funding approach, which potentially could include a prudent level of debt and the right approach to capital allocation. In terms of priorities, our focus continues to, to be first on supporting the Media lunar build, followed by other growth opportunities, which could include M&A, followed by potential returns to shareholders. Finally, on slide 15 here, I do want to provide a reminder of the seasonality of our cash flow generation, which is typically back half-weighted. I, I walked through this slide in detail on our year-end earnings call, so I, I won't repeat that detail again. But at a high level in Q1, we see the higher tax and royalty payments So certain payments are only made annually. And you saw this in our Q1 results we released this morning. And then in the second quarter, we see the annual payments of our Mexican profit sharing or, or PTU. Uh, the payment related to 2020 performance of approximately $30 million will be paid in May. and um, So that gets paid uh, next week. Finally, I will just highlight that that some of you may have seen news on a recent Mexican tax reform related to this PTU profit-sharing payment, and that became effective in April, albeit with a three-month transition period. We don't expect any impact on on this change on our 2021 unit cost guidance. And with that, I'll uh, turn the call back over to Jody.
2: Thanks, Andrew. Taking you now to slide 17, I'd like to walk you through an update on our key projects. On the ELG side, our study on the Aliment pit layback is narrowing into two final options for evaluation. While we're not yet concluded, we're coalescing around something small, in or about the six months of production range, spending just enough capital to provide us with higher grade during that late 23-24 transition period. Our portal three to the bottom of the ELG underground is proceeding. Typical ground conditions to contend with has meant that we are advancing slowly. We're now 100 meters in. We expect to be in good ground at about another 90 to 100 meters by the end of June. And the revised plan for arrival at the current bottom of ELD sub-sill is Q1 of 2022. Notably, this doesn't impact production. Recall that the purpose of the portal was to reduce operating costs and open up that new platform for exploration at depth. On the topic of exploration, our ELG underground program for 2021 is proceeding as planned. We're focused on infill drilling during the first half of the year to bring as much into the mine plan for the 2022 technical report update as possible, and then we'll turn our eyes to step out in the back half of this year. On Mukahai, field testing at ELD continues. On Media Luna, the infill program continues. We have eight drill rigs turning, as at the end of April, 67 holes have been completed on the 129-hole program for 2021. You can expect us to release an updated Medialuna resource in Q2. The feasibility study is also progressing, as is early work, which takes me to the photos on slide 18. Wanted to include some pictures of where we are, specifically at the Wahez Tunnel. We're now at 300 meters of advance, But perhaps even more important than the advance rate at this stage is that we've made excellent progress on the necessary infrastructure to enable the monorail-based development method. The concrete footings have been poured, steel structure erected, the bridge conveyor is being installed. Monorail 3 and 1 has now been installed through the canopy. And our first KP95 locomotive assembly has been installed and commissioned with the remaining three in queue. All of this is necessary to hit the targeted development rate of 10 meters per day, starting through the summer. With the projects well on track and the future of Guerrero operations coming into sharper focus, we're also continuing with our work on the refresh of our current board. We recently announced that three of our long-term directors, Andrew Adams, Michael Murphy, and Fred Stanford, will not be standing for re-election at the June AGM. As we publish our proxy circular later this month, we will announce our new slate of directors standing for nomination. And I did want to close my commentary today with a heartfelt thanks to Andrew, Michael, and especially Fred for all they've done to make Torex into the company it is today. Their courage and their commitment to build a world-class asset on the foundation of a truly unique company culture has positioned us well for the next decade of minding and an excellent future. So our hats off to them. And with that said, I will turn the
0: call back over to the operator for any questions. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. The first question comes from Ryan Thompson with BMO. Please go ahead.
5: Yeah, hi, uh, Jody, Andrew, and Dan. Thanks a lot for the update. Uh, Just a couple of quick questions from me. First, uh, we've seen a lot of talk in headlines recently about inflation. Can you just uh, maybe walk us through if you're if you're seeing any inflationary pressures both just on operating costs at elg and also as you work through um the engineering and and budgeting process on on the media Luna feasibility study
4: Uh, sure ryan so it's andrew here i'll I'll take that question um so look uh, overall um we are managing our inflation um pressures very well um so we're not seeing any significant increase in our in our overall cost base and the unit cost guidance that we provided um at the, be- at the beginning of the year is still it's still a, you know good guidance and good forecast and i expect that we'll be um well within that range and comfortably within that range
2: in terms of okay, the Luna, brian in terms of medialuna still here Um, All of our peers are experiencing inflationary uh, pressures on steel and lumber and raw materials and labor. Um, We're not yet to the point uh, of where we're seeing that. We're not um, outbidding contracts or anything like that yet, but uh, we don't expect to be any different. So I fully expect as we put out the feasibility study as planned in Q1 2022, the costing will will reflect some degree of inflationary pressure.
5: Okay, Uh, thanks for that. And maybe just to follow up on on Media Luna, so you mentioned uh, you're at about 300 meters of of development now on on the tunnel there. Um, Can you just maybe just talk a little bit about uh, where that sits versus your sort of internal schedule and, uh, you know, expectations as to when you're going to access the ore body and and how we should be thinking about the schedule? Uh, I know it's still early days, but just an update on that would be helpful. Thanks.
2: Yeah, we're a little bit behind on our internal schedule as it relates to the Wahez Tunnel, primarily driven by two factors. One was a little bit of late delivery on steel, uh, um, uh, elicited by some COVID issues, and the other was uh, slope stabilization at the portal face. That rough ground I talked about relating to Portal 3 was equally applicable to the portal start on the Wahez Tunnel. We remain on track to get to the bottom of the Medialuna deposit by Q1 of 2023 and there is some float in that schedule and so uh, we feel uh, optimistic that we'll achieve uh, the desired advanced development rates with this monorail based sequencing uh, and at this point remain on track to arrive at destination Q1 of 23.
5: Perfect. Uh, that's good to hear. That's that's all I had. Thanks for the update, uh, everybody.
0: Thanks for the question. Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one. The next question comes from Bryce Adams with CIBC. Please go ahead.
6: Yes, good morning, all. Thanks for the presentation. Uh, I might just follow on from uh, where the last question left off, firstly. Uh, so, from the uh, Waharas Tunnel, You're about 300 metres in. Um, The question is, uh, when you transition to 10 metres per day, is that transition meant to expected to be fairly rapid or would you expect some teething and some learning on that project and that the ramp up to 10 metres per day might take a little bit of time to get to?
2: Yeah, Bryce, thanks for the question. I do expect some teething. It is a really intricate sequence requiring that we work in four quadrants. Um, We have three of the monorails installed now, which enables us to work in the left, right, both top quadrants, and then stage equipment underneath that. While we get the team oriented around the work sequencing and go through any teething pains with the tech, I do expect we'll um, have a bit of a slow climb. I'm looking to be at those rates by late summer, early fall. I think that's probably realistic.
6: Okay, thanks. Um, Second one on the south portal, once you get started there, is that access point uh, going to be developed back towards Wahares only or would it be a multi-heading system opening up the media lunar infrastructure as well?
2: The south portal comes in at the top and so um, it's about 1.2 kilometers in from there. Once we get in there, we'll do the development at the top of that deposit. Uh, and so if we were to do anything to meet up with the Wahez Tunnel, we would have to do another portal down at the bottom. And we are talking about that, right? And so for today's purposes, we're really focused on getting the infrastructure set up, the platform prepared, and that caller portals at the top of the deposit by the summertime um, to get us in there and opened up at the top.
6: Yeah, okay. I think I might have had that portal mixed up with the with the bottom location that was talked about. Um, on the Portal 3 uh, and those ground conditions, you're 100 metres in there, it's been slow. Uh, from the disclosure, it sounds like you've been using steel sets in that decline. Uh, how far into the portal are you using those steel sets um, and are they finished now? Do you expect to continue to be installing them?
2: Yeah, we've used steel sets for the first bit, and we expect to be in good ground after 90 meters, so I expect we'll continue to use those until we hit good ground.
6: So how far back from the face are you maintaining those, those, those steel sets?
2: Sorry, I don't know, What was the question? How far, far back from what?
6: How far back from the face uh, are the steel sets?
2: I don't, I don't have the meters, Bryce. I could get that to you.
6: Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, last one for me is just a quick one on the ESG portal. Um, congratulations on that getting set up. I think it's a, it's a great step forward. Um, just a quick question at a pretty high level, is that something that you expect to update annually, or or do you envisage a scenario where where that portal could be updated, you know, quarterly with uh, with different ESG metrics?
2: We expect to update it far more frequently than annually, Bryce. As we have material ESD information, we'll upload that to the site. For example, we're going to refresh our annual tailings report soon. That will be uploaded to the site. As the various ratings providers, MSBI, Sustainalytics, and others, as they uh, provide updates, we'll update our scores, and so you can expect that site to be um, interactive and update, updated.
6: Okay, great. Thanks. I'll uh, be sure to to get back there
3: and check it frequently. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Bray. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.